following is a paid program. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the management or ownership of Score North, KSTP AM 1500. The following is a presentation of Financial Crisis Recovery. Foreclosure, short sales, bankruptcy, credit card debt, job loss, depreciating home values, money management. Peace of mind when it comes to your finances seems completely out of reach under current conditions, but there is a way to achieve it. For the next 60 minutes, you're going to find out how to cover your assets. Cover your assets. Now, here's nationally renowned speaker and expert on getting you on the path to financial strength, Todd Rooker. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday to you. Hopefully, uh, you got a chance to hear me... uh, Co-mingling with uh, Mike Overson and Jason Walgrave on their show. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Today I have what I think uh, served up to you a really outstanding show. I have attorney Brian Aho on the show with me. I've worked with Brian for many years now and worked with him on uh, bankruptcy clients, oftentimes complex bankruptcy clients, and that means they're not slam dunk. We have got issues. And those issues often relate to the calculation of, of, of asset value and negotiation. Sometimes they have non-exempt assets. You need to negotiate those with uh, what's known as a trustee. And how those assets are valued uh, has a dramatic impact in either do they want to uh, make compensation in the form of cash and payments for the value of those assets, and is that asset value 8000 10000 15,000, all those things. Well, Brian also is an extraordinary divorce attorney. And these these valuations and the way that they come about in the form of marital asset division is dramatic. And we are going to talk about that. Now, I've said long ago uh, on this show and many other places And maybe you should know this, that just because you're an attorney doesn't mean you have a financial background. And so the attorney that you hire who is representing you in a divorce, you want to be real conscious of whether or not they have a clue when it comes to money and finance. Because, you know, if your attorney has has an undergrad degree as an art major and then went to law school, that might be a problem when it comes. When it comes, and it's and it can really happen. By the way, so Brian, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Todd. Thank you for the warm introduction, and I'm glad to be here. I've been looking forward to be back on your show again. Oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. So, listen, for those of you who know someone who's gone through a divorce or someone who maybe is considering considering a divorce, this show might be incredibly interesting and useful to you. And if you know of somebody who's going through this uh, or someone who's considering going through this, uh, Brian is the guy to talk to. And this stuff that we're going to discuss today is really impacting as it relates to the process going through it. So the first thing I want to talk with you about, Brian, is the mediation process. And um, you, you, you say that there's more opportunity for experts, especially financial experts, and can be more involved than the financial early neutral evaluation. So describe for me what you mean by that. Well, thank you, Todd. Uh, 
in a traditional divorce, the procedure would typically be someone would start it out with a summons and a petition, and it would be answered with an answer and a counter petition, just like a traditional litigation. And at some point in the process, the parties would get together for mediation. And the traditional mediation, the mediator goes back and forth and gets each side and, and goes back and forth and tries to get them to to reach a decision. But uh, several years ago in Minneapolis or uh, Hennepin County and Ramsey County, they started a new process called early neutral evaluation to try to try to get these cases settled quicker. So in the early neutral evaluation process, somebody starts the divorce and there's initially a hearing right off the bat called an initial case management conference. And the judge encourages people to do early neutral evaluation. And in that case, there's two parts to it. One is social involving kids. One is financial involving money and you typically have the social per first and then the money second but the point of it is to give a little bit of push so the evaluator doesn't just go back and forth instead everybody's in the same room usually unless there are some issues where they can't be in the same room and these, <laughs> and there are but these evaluators will listen to both sides and then the evaluators, well, they'll be two in social, they meet together and they come back and they give a strong opinion. Now, in the financial one, there's only one evaluator and it could be male or female, but the same concept. They give that strong opinion before the mediation portion starts and they hope that that strong opinion coming from a completely neutral third party will settle that case. The difference between it is that strong opinion. But there are some downsides to it in complex cases. So sometimes when you have a business divorce situation where you have valuation issues, you have issues about what's the true income of the people. It's a, a valuation process that early neutral valuation process only lasts for about three hours. And these wow. people aren't always... Uh, that financially astute. Some are, but most of those are attorneys and, and they're not accountants. They're not financial analysts or things. So sometimes when we have these very complex cases, we go back to the traditional mediation, which can actually last a few days, but those mediators have time to really analyze the financial records and documents and the parties have time to get more evaluations done and evidence together. So there's good information for the mediators. So that's what I'm talking about. Why sometimes uh, the it can be more involved than you wanted in an early neutral evaluation. So, so let me let me see if I can summarize this. So, summarize. There's a good term. So, what these neutrals are doing is is taking a look at the overall situation and summarizing it for the court who's going to try to make a decision on this. And if there's no pushback, that summary might be a broad overview, but doesn't take into account the complexity or the real down and dirty numbers. Is that kind of what we're talking about here? Pretty close. You're right on everything except to the court. They, the evaluators do not go to court. What okay. they're trying to do are get the parties to reach an agreement on their own. So in both instances, the early neutral evaluation process and the mediation process, you're trying to get the parties to reach their own agreement without the court making that decision for them. Got it. So if one of the parties <laughs> isn't a financial person, that process, as they're being led by the nose through it, could cause them to just agree to something without really understanding what they're agreeing to. Happens all the time. <clears throat> uh -huh. It also happens if they don't have 
an attorney that's experienced it enough to understand the financial documents when it's a complex case involving business ownership and income issues, business self-employment income issues. Well, it's it, <clears throat> you bring up a really interesting, and, and you got to forgive me for this, Brian, but I'm a financial person. And I know that when you say sometimes can be accountants or CPAs and sometimes can be the attorneys, but here's the problem. Sometimes neither one of those know the numbers very well. I, it has been my experience, and you tell me if you think I'm wrong, that CPAs often don't want to get involved in anything related to the law or litigation. They are scared to death of it, and oftentimes, especially in the case of a business, they will do nothing more than push the print button on the balance sheet, the income statement and the balance sheet in the business, and they'll hand that to the client who hands it to the attorney without any accounting notes or any detail related to it. And if we leave it at that, you very easily can miss a ton of stuff. Is that right or is that wrong? No, that's exactly right. Exactly right, and I'm going to go one step further, and that's when somebody has a a business, sometimes the accountant can do a fairly good job about evaluating a business, but oftentimes it's simply taking the gross revenue and putting an arbitrary multiplier onto the gross (laughs) revenue and saying that's what the business is worth, but that is oversimplification, and it doesn't often achieve an accurate representation of that business value. So I experience this very same thing when clients or people come to me and want me to help them sell their business and they purchase the business in an incorrect uh, uh, formula to begin with. And so they value their business based on the way they bought it and the way that they bought it was flawed to begin with. And then they've been telling their spouse all along as they when they were getting along that here's what it's worth, and and it was never correct as an accurate formulation or valuation of the business. I see that all the time. Well, and it even becomes difficult for us because <clears throat> now the the business owner or the spouse are entrenched in the value of that business, right? And it's hard to pull them back off that value because that's what they've been told and that's what they paid for it. Absolutely, and then so just without getting into the weeds too much, people go to sell a business, they purchased it from a previous business owner under this premise that it's X number of dollars of gross or some formula that is absolutely incorrect. They work that business for 20, 30 years, and then they go to sell it. And as you say, they stand on it because their whole career, they've been thinking that that's the way the value of that business is. Well, they take it out to someone who actually sells businesses for a living, somebody who actually liquidates and sells businesses for a living. And that person tells them what it's really worth, and they're devastated. And the only thing left to do, listen to this one, folks, is to sell the business to an employee who won't question it or a family member who won't question it. And it's the disease that passes from one generation to the next, as I lovingly like to call it. And that happens exactly the same way in a divorce proceeding, doesn't it? It does. It, it happens exactly that way. So, all right. So, I I I, I want to kind of get into um, some of the specific things that, that we're going to be looking for. Uh, the financial side are the asset and debt valuations, child support, and spousal maintenance, because that's where the money's going to come from. So, why don't you just briefly touch on those things? Sure. In any divorce situation, you're looking at things such as 
the custody and the parenting time, but then you also have the financial part. And in the financial part, often people's primary concern is dividing the assets and debt. When you're dividing assets and debt, it's often pretty easy. Sometimes you can just look at NADA for a blue book value on your car. But if it's a classic car and there are some nuances to it, you need an appraiser. You're going to have somebody look at it and say, is this the factory motor? Has this motor been changed? Is this restored properly? Does it need restoration? The same with a business. Different businesses have different valuation methods that are most appropriate for the type of business. And that's where you get into the need for an expert that really knows their stuff. And Todd, I know I've used you before as experts on on complex business valuation cases. And you've pointed out in your value valuations that there are different methods that you can use to value the business. And depending on the type of business in the industry, you're going to select which value method is the best method to approximate the value of this particular business in this particular industry once you re- and the other issue having to do with business owners is what's their true income you need to look at a lot of financial records and you need to just parcel it out you don't go to the tax returns because the tax returns are for tax purposes they don't really truly reflect what the spending power is from that business so you have to dig deep into the records themselves not to mention people are not always accurate in what they report to the IRS. And that income has to do with spousal maintenance and child support. So, again, I'm going to say that people take things at face value. They're in an environment, a divorce proceeding, that they're not accustomed to or comfortable with. And the issue is, the way the valuation comes out, if you're not a person who wants to make waves, doesn't push back, those numbers can be glossed over and be utterly incorrect. Now, Brian and I both, uh, we worked together through the financial crisis with many people who had second mortgages on a home. And the valuation of a home might determine whether or not you could discharge that debt on that home if the value of the home was less than or approximately the same as the first mortgage, making the second mortgage wholly unsecured against the current value of the asset, the home. Well, How do you come about that number? Interesting thing. A lot of trustees would simply look at the low-hanging fruit, which is the property tax assessed market value. Well, that could be totally wrong, and you all know that when it comes to your own homes. They could be looking at, at a CMA. Well, a CMA could be a number where a real estate agent is trying to buy the listing, telling the person that it's worth more than it really is, because then that person thinks there's more equity, and then they use that number. It could be offered by an appraiser, and the appraiser might be appraising uh, that home as though it were a a cash-out refi, in which case the appraisal seemingly just happens to be a lot lower than it was if it was a new purchase. Well, surprise, surprise, every one of those numbers can be tens of thousands of dollars difference, and And whether or not somebody pushes back on one of those numbers to get to a little more meat and detail depends on the individuals involved in that divorce proceeding or, in this case, in that bankruptcy proceeding, right? That is correct, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's huge, guys. It's huge. You know, and so I'll just tell you that when we negotiate debt, Brian and I have worked together intensely on negotiating debt. And I'll tell you that when we look at the value of assets and the subject nature of that asset value, that really determines your 
strength in the negotiation process? How are they looking at the equity, the net equity asset minus liability, and what's left to accept a settlement on negotiation as opposed to the liquidation of the asset? This is all, I mean, you may think this is dry stuff. This is huge in in the outcome of a situation like this. And I, I can tell you how many times people will come to me and tell me, well, they went through a divorce and I'll look at how things were divided and I'll just sit there and scratch my head and say, wow, somebody really made out here. <laughs> so, look, if you want to know how to make out... <laughs> Or you don't want to get screwed in the process, then I I tell you what, listen to this show, listen to it many times, and if you know of someone in this circumstance, or you are someone in this circumstance, you might want to talk to somebody who really has the experience and knows what they're doing. And so, listen, we're going to take a break here. We're going to come back with divorce attorney Brian Aho talking about valuation of assets and how to set yourself up to be in the best position to have reasonable division of marital assets within your divorce. We will be right back. Great Waters Financial specializes in helping you retire comfortably. When it comes to seeking retirement guidance, you don't need a salesman. You need an ally. Great Waters Financial doesn't have a hidden agenda. Their professionals at Great Waters Financial focus on what matters, your financial peace. Start planning for your future now and make your money work for you. Great Waters Financial is the official financial planning service of Cover Your Assets. For more information, call 612-360-2127 or go to greatwatersfinancial.com. Fix Auto has been the collision repair leader in the Twin Cities for over 40 years. Hi, I'm Matt Feehan, second generation owner. Our mission at Fix Auto is to provide you with the simplest collision repair experience anywhere. If you're in an accident and you need help, my team is here and ready for you. You can find us on the web at fixautousa.com. That's fixautousa.com. We are Fix Auto, home of the WOW experience. Hello, I'd like to talk with you about financial coaching. Traditional financial planners help you make decisions about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds with money you already have. That's great, but who helps you accumulate more money in the first place? Who helps you make day-by-day life decisions? Who isn't trying to sell you something? Like, should I go back to school? Am I wasting money on insurance? How to purchase and finance a car, boat, home, lake cabin, or investment property? How to start, manage, and sell a business? It's about making minor errors that become colossal mistakes and cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. The problem is that you're so busy pursuing your career that you're forced to make critical financial decisions that have a dramatic long-term effect on your finances without adequate research or information. Rooker Financial Coaching is like having a personal CFO for every decision. Don't waste time lamenting the bad decisions of the past or money that's run through your fingertips. Stop procrastinating. Call Rooker Financial Coaching, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Call me today, Todd Rooker, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Did your employer make you sign a promissory note when joining the company and now you want to leave but you're afraid your firm will pursue you personally for that debt? This is Jesse Keyboard from the law firm Parker Daniels Keyboard. I recently represented a client who had signed such a note and I was able to get them out of their $500,000 debt to their company which allowed them the freedom to exit a bad employment situation and enter a much better one. Meeting our clients' objectives is our focus at Parker Daniels Keyboard. And in this regard, we win. 
Our experienced trial team of lawyers at Parker Daniels Keyboard have secured major victories in state and federal courts across the country and through arbitration. We have the legal expertise in all types of business disputes, labor and employment matters, real estate matters, shareholder disputes, financial transactions, security issues, and appeals. For wise counsel winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard, a premier litigation law firm that provides efficient, aggressive, and innovative solutions to complex legal problems. Wise counsel winning results. Go to ParkerDK.com. He can lift a bus straight over his head. He can fly around the world in seconds. And he has the power to regenerate entire limbs. Okay, so Jason Walgrave isn't actually a superhero. But once you visit his website to find out what he knows about real estate, you may start to think he's superhuman. That's because at JasonWalgrave.com, you'll find absolutely anything you need to know about real estate in the Twin Cities. Whether you're looking to buy or sell your home, check out JasonWalgrave.com, the number one place for all your real estate questions. What are the first three letters in the word SMART? SMA. And SMA Exteriors and Restoration has made SMART affordable since 1994. As an LP Smart Side Master Level Siding Installer, a GAF Master Elite Roofing Installer, and as an expert in installing windows made in Minnesota, made for Minnesota, you're guaranteed to make the SMART choice. Call today for your free estimate, 877-SMA-TODAY, or go online to SMA2DAY.com. Finding a good banker and CPA are like having a good doctor or mechanic. You cannot fully appreciate the value they represent until you're in a pinch and truly need them. However, that's not the time to go looking for one. Instead, you want to position and strategize well in advance for a favorable outcome. CPA Arliss Cleveland of Arliss Cleveland LTD is the CPA firm you've been looking for. As many of you already know, if you're looking for a great CPA, Arliss Cleveland gets my highest endorsement. Arliss Cleveland LTD has now formed a strategic relationship with Village Bank, conveniently located in the Village Bank building, located at 9298 Central Avenue North, Suite 412, Blaine, Minnesota. You can also find Arliss Cleveland LTD certified public accountants and consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. That contact information again, accounting-offices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. If you're a business owner, I have an ingenious opportunity for you. It puts business owners like you in contact with other businesses to barter goods and services without cash. With over 20,000 businesses involved, chances are we have the products and services you want. Barter dollars are the same value as real dollars, so when someone buys from you, those barter dollars can be used to purchase goods and services. You can watch our video by going to thebarterguy.com or call me at 952-856-8866. Again, that number, 952-856-8866. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Brian and I are talking at the break, and we let it, we we just got carried away. So too much fun on break. Yeah, man, we, we need to record those. So, Brian, you were telling a story at the break, and I want you to tell that story about about the 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 division of assets. Well, typically, when people divide assets, they just look at the bank statements. Here's what we have in the bank today, and and you don't go very deep into it. But in one particular case, not that long ago. I asked for a few months back on bank statements, and I noticed a lot of 
cash machine withdrawals. And that's pretty typical. This is when the bars were open and people go to the bar, but it just seemed odd. So I went farther back and I went farther back, kept asking for more. And I realized that within a less than a year period, the other party had withdrawn well over $70,000 in ATM withdrawals. (laughs) Well, their attorney said that's for living expense. We start looking at it. We start looking at cross-referencing bank statements and look, we realize, no, they're also making purchases on credit cards and debit cards at the same time of well over sixty or $70,000 at bars and restaurants. So that can't possibly be the living expenses when they're also charging this, that same amount or more. They have to be pulling it out and hiding it. And and normally you, you don't get credit back for what people spent. But in this case, we just demanded we are treating that as money, that marital money she took. And we are going to take an equal part of marital money before we start dividing the balance. So these expenses, and, and by the way, pretty insidious what we're talking about here. We're talking about somebody who knew what they were going to do and they were positioning and preparing for it. Now, you may want to do that or you may be having that done to you right now. Uh, but the the point is, is that those expenses were not reasonable and customary prior to whenever this person figured out they might be getting divorced. And so Brian went back to show that. And just as a side note, Mike, uh, Brian, how, how is that? How is that looked at? You know, when we talk about those expenses for living, we're talking about we're trying to show what does it cost each party to actually live. So. Just like a business, you might have a business that at the end of the year spends uh, uh, an inordinate amount of money relative to the rest of the year to buy equipment. And let's be honest in saying that most often that's to create an expense to offset tax liability. And people will say, well, you, you know, but I just did it so I wouldn't have to pay taxes. But then you look back on every bank statement for the last three years and any bank who wants to offer a loan says, well, I don't know what you think you did, but you did it every year for the last two years. So this is typical. And apparently that's what the expense expenses of the business are. But when you have one year that is dissimilar from the years before, that immediately tells you that this is a unique occurrence and that isn't a reasonable or typical expense. So that's what we're talking about here, right? That is accurate. If if there is one year that differs dramatically from the other years, we either disregard that dis- that difference altogether or at at the worst case scenario, we'll average it. But we don't just look at the last year's revenue, the last year's expenses. We go back at least three or four years to see what the trend is. Sometimes. Well, <laughs> not everybody does that. Somebody, when you're experienced, you do that. Well, you know, okay, and there you go, Brian. And when you're experienced, because look, the number of attorneys who are just, who are just in survival mode, they don't have the strength of, 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 of clientele to focus on a particular area. You know, they do business in corporation. They do, they do elder law planning. They do, they, they do business planning. They do divorce. They do a little bit of everything. And here's the bottom line. They're not experienced in any one thing. And so because there may be ca- charge less money per hour or give you a flat fee for a service, you think because they're less expensive, they're better. And that's the way to go. And then you wind up with someone who doesn't scrutinize the numbers in the way that we're talking about. That's what I'm trying to say, folks. When I say being thrifty minded, meaning that you step over a dollar to save a nickel, you think you're saving money when in fact you're losing a boatload. That's what I'm talking about, Brian. And that happens. Am I right or wrong about that? It does happen, and I'm going to remind you of a very complex case that you and I worked on together, but we're going to talk about the opposite in that case. And in that particular case, 
the, my client, who's the business owner, had a lot of restaurant expenses and a lot of purchases at grocery stores, but they were in his business balance, his business profit and loss and on his business taxes. And the opposing side was saying, and the, the opposing evaluator, now you were my expert, my client's expert, the opposing side's expert pulled all of that stuff out and said, no, these are personal purchases that he's putting into his business taxes and his business profit and loss statements. And we're saying, no, they're not, because you have to understand where he markets. He markets by taking a, a group of potential clients to a restaurant and he goes in a conference room and he makes his presentation and he pays for it. That's a legitimate business expense. That's a legitimate offset to his revenue to show what his true income is. And we demanded that that get put right back into that business valuation. To his to to his benefit and dramatically so. Yes. And, and now now here's the flip side to that. What if that business owner had personal relationships with these people, made generated expenses by paying for things, and post-divorce went back to those people and said, okay, now give me the money back. And how would you know that? Uh, can you see the, the challenge in all of this? I'm not saying it happens one way or the other. I'm just saying there is room for these things. And so you have to be conscious of what's going on. I mean, it, it also kind of lends itself to the character of the individual, which, which also is useful to know. So, uh, we, we talked about valuations, Brian, and one of the things that, that comes down as I've talked about the, the different, um, the different ways to value any asset. And and there are multiple ways. You know, people come to me and they, they I have them fill out a discovery package and they write down the value of their home or the value of their cars or whatever. And I immediately say, how'd you come up with this number? And because they have this notion that it just is this number and it's and it's not necessarily that way. Now, there is a way that it should be value valued. And that relates to whether or not we're talking about retail value, private party, you know, retail with a car, whether we're talking about dealer wholesale, whether we're talking about book value. Talk about that a little bit. Well, book value is often an accounting term. You see it in taxes all the time and we see people trying to use that book value as as the value of their business now everybody hears the book value for automobiles on NADA but that's not what we're talking about here right what we're talking about with this particular book value is the cost of the asset when you first purchase it pulling out the depreciation that you took for tax purposes according to a schedule and sometimes that's even accelerated book right. value where they're depreciating it fast so you get that early tax benefit but that but if you take that that accelerated depreciation from the purchase price that severely undervalues that particular asset and you need to say that's not a true reflection of the market value, which is what we use for divorce purposes and bankruptcy purposes. That's a, a arbitrary that, value. That's a tax tactic. So let me be. Let me summarize what Brian said. Let's say that let's say that the business owner buys a hundred thousand dollar vehicle that's over five thousand pounds, and as a result, they can use bonus depreciation five seventy one accelerated depreciation to depreciate the value of that property, $100,000, and depreciate it 100% on this year's balance sheet. That means that it shows that that asset is worth nothing 
in the overall assets minus liability, which means you discounted $100,000, $50,000 of real value to each party or whatever the actual real sale of the property is worth at this time, having nothing to do with the depreciated value we're talking about. It's profound, right? That is right. And now you, you take that same set of circumstances, and we talked, there's the issue of asset and debt, but there's also the income issue. So now if you look at the bottom line of that tax return, that person didn't have much of any income because they took their accelerated depreciation, but that's not a true reflection of their income either. So now that spousal maintenance could be arbitrarily too low, that child support could be arbitrarily too low because you you... You reflected to an unrealistically low income of that person through inflated expense. And, and then the other, the other point that I'll make about this is the number of business owners, never mind the fact that they have 20, 30 employees who don't know this either. They're not financial people. They're people who are good at their business, uh, but they're good at the work of the business. They're not good at the accounting and the finance of the business. So I'll have people who are business owners come to see me. I help them build their net worth or whatever it is that they that they want my help in doing. And I have them fill out a discovery package. And they'll tell me in that discovery package, one of the questions is, what is your income? And just like the car or whatever else, I say, how'd you come up with this number? And they'll say, well, that's what it said on my tax return. And I say, which line? And they look at me and I say, which line? Is this your taxable income? Is this your adjusted gross? What number are we talking about here? Because if it's your taxable income that is offset by depreciation or tax credits or lost carry forward, (laughs) that's not the right number. And the business owner who has 30 years of experience doesn't even know that. Unbelievable. So those numbers, do they get thrown out in bankruptcy or any other legal proceeding? And if the person who is opposing them doesn't know the difference, or maybe they're screwing themselves and don't even know the difference, is it possible that those things could actually pass for correct numbers because nobody pushes back? And the answer is 100%. Happens all the time. So, let's take another break. I think this is great stuff, you guys. And this is why I say all the time, if you want to succeed in life and business from a financial perspective, not that you want to be fulfilled, but in a financial perspective, you need to become a financial person. And the 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 points that we're making here apply to so much. But if you want help in a divorce and you want somebody who really knows what the heck they're doing and knows when to push back on the numbers and knows when to look at the correct numbers... I, I, I like to inject myself in that, but Brian Aho, divorce attorney, is the guy you want to talk about. Brian, why don't you real quick give them your your contact information so if they want to call you, they can. Sure. The office cell phone, or the office number is 612-271-4047. 612-271-4047. Otherwise, on the internet, it's Aho, A-H-O, lawoffice.com. All right. Well, listen, we're going to take another break here with attorney, divorce attorney, Brian Aho. And uh, listen, if you don't find this interesting, I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's everybody knows people in today's world. You know, half the people who get married are going to wind up divorced and they don't really understand most of this. And I think this is an incredibly intriguing uh, conversation. And also, too, I'll relate it to asset protection, which we'll talk a little bit more on the other side of the break. We will be right back with attorney Brian Aho for divorce. If you're a business owner, I have an ingenious opportunity for you. It puts business owners like you in contact with other businesses to barter goods and services without cash. With over 20,000 businesses involved, chances are we have the products and services you want. 
Barter dollars are the same value as real dollars, so when someone buys from you, those barter dollars can be used to purchase goods and services. You can watch our video by going to thebarterguy.com or call me at 952-856-8866. Again, that number, 952-856-8866. I have trusted attorney Brian Aho for more than 10 years to work closely with me to resolve and eliminate debt for many of my personal and business clients. Aho Law Office is the go-to firm I choose because Brian has always been caring and compassionate with my clients, while tenaciously fighting to retain as much of their assets as possible while quickly eliminating their debt. Brian's extensive experience and knowledge of bankruptcy law and willingness to fight allow him to resolve challenges and cases that many attorneys won't. Don't let other attorneys learn on your dime. Rely on the experience of Aho Law Office to help you achieve relief from your creditors. Competent, compassionate legal advocates providing the clarity to protect tomorrow. For more information, call Brian and his staff at 612-271-4047 or email Brian directly at brian at ahoLawOffice.com. Again, that number, 612-271-4047. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnibo.com. Russell Williams Home Services is your go-to company for all your window cleaning, pressure washing, and gutter cleaning needs. Serving the greater Minneapolis metro area since 2007, we have the tools, equipment, and knowledge to properly care for your home or business. We offer competitive, transparent pricing and free on-site or online consultations. Our large workforce allows us to complete even substantial projects, such as apartments, schools, and assisted living complexes in a timely manner, often in a single day. To see our window cleaning pricing structure and a completely of services we provide, please visit our website at cleanmywindowsnow.com or reach us by phone at 612-423-3059. Do you have enough to retire? Do you even know how much you need to retire? Great Waters Financial specializes in helping people nearing retirement get ready for their next big challenge. Great Waters Financial can help you understand how much you'll need for a comfortable retirement, how long your money will last, and what you need to do now to make sure you can retire the way you want to. You've earned a great retirement. Let the team at Great Waters Financial help you make it happen. Four convenient offices in the Twin Cities. GreatWatersFinancial.com the Lone Ranger and Tonto. Yes. Laurel and Hardy. Oh, yes. Butch and Sundance. That's right. Turner and Hooch. Okay. Tango and Cash. Uh, all right. Starsky and Hutch. Uh, Itchy and Scratchy. Okay. Batman and Robin. Thank you. Got the idea. It's that every superhero needs a sidekick. That's why when Jason Walgrave needs help for his customers, he calls on Mike Overson at Leader One Financial. Find out how to get started on making your plan today at applywithmike.com. Because he's super. Laverne and Shirley. Exactly. Todd Rooker here to tell you about the most amazing jewelry store, Golden Treasures on 805 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. I've known the owner, Todd Gimbel, for almost 20 years now, and at Golden Treasures, not only do you get more for less, it's the experience that you and your special person will feel when you walk in the door. Todd truly puts his heart and soul into creating your experience, regardless of how much money you spend. This is Todd's customer for life philosophy. Take it from me, there really is no other jewelry store. You can't go wrong with Golden Treasures in St. Paul. 651-227-2711. That's 651-227-2711. One, one. Finding a good banker and CPA are like having a good doctor or mechanic. 
you cannot fully appreciate the value they represent until you're in a pinch and truly need them. However, that's not the time to go looking for one. Instead, you want to position and strategize well in advance for a favorable outcome. CPA Arliss Cleveland of Arliss Cleveland LTD is the CPA firm you've been looking for. As many of you already know, if you're looking for a great CPA, Arliss Cleveland gets my highest endorsement. Arliss Cleveland LTD has now formed a strategic relationship with Village Bank, conveniently located in the Village Bank building, located at 9298 Central Avenue North, Suite 412 Blaine, Minnesota. You can also find Arliss Cleveland LTD certified public accountants and consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. That contact information again, accounting-offices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. What are the first three letters in the word SMART? SMA. And SMA Exteriors and Restoration has made SMART affordable since 1994. As an LP SmartSide Master Level Siding Installer, a GAF Master Elite Roofing Installer, and as an expert in installing windows made in Minnesota, made for Minnesota, you're guaranteed to make the SMART choice. Call today for your free estimate. 877-SMA-TODAY or go online to sma2day.com You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back, everybody. We have divorce attorney Brian Aho on the show with us today, and I think we are we are covering some incredibly useful and valuable information, and it relates to many, many things. You know, the one thing I want to make a point of here is that I don't want to minimize the significance. You know, if your kid... Uh, went to law school, got a judicial degree, and then went on to pass the bar and is a practicing attorney. Look, that's impressive. Again, not trying to minimize that. But, you know, the average attorney in Minnesota makes just slightly more than sixty sixty thousand dollars a year. And if you think that you hire an attorney who charges very little money and they're at that income level and you think that they're an expert in any particular field, you're delusional. <laughs> they don't have enough experience to be that good in anything. You need the experience, not not the, you know, uh, knowing how to conduct yourself as an attorney. It's about the experience in the practice that actually makes them useful and valuable. And Brian Aho has got that experience. And that's why I use him. So we're going to pick it up here. And we're going to talk about the three different valuations um, and how profoundly different they can be. So why don't you take it from there, Brian? Thank you, Todd. Yes, there are three different methods to value businesses, at least three different commonly used methods. And we want to make sure that the appropriate method is being used for our client's advantage for their particular business and industry. So the first one is the cost approach or the adjusted net asset value. And it's common, but it's simply a, a, a liquidation value. You're, you're not looking at the book value like we talked about for tax purposes, right. but we're looking at it truly. If you were to sell all all of these assets and liquidate these assets, what would each individual asset bring in and what debt needs to be paid? So now that you have this asset sale and you have the money, what's what is left after you pay off the debt? That that's one it's, method. It's, it's a bad situation, right? I mean, if you gotta sell stuff like that, you're not gonna get top dollar for it. So the value is gonna be low. That is true. At least for certain, if for some, your client is the business owner, the values on, are high if your client is the spouse. Depends on which side of the table you're sitting on, right? That's right. <clears throat> 
The second approach is the income approach. Now that's looking, taking more consideration into the profit of the business. So you're looking at history, you're looking at trends to see what the present value of the future economic benefit of ownership is going to be. So analyzing trend, projecting to the future, what do you think that the income is going to be? Now that's where you need to look at those documents a little bit more carefully because you need to look for, like you talked about before, the abnormal expenses, the one-time expenses, the expenses they built into it to build their case when they were Divorce planning. Divorce, uh, decrease their income. Decrease their income, exactly. So you don't just take for face value what they provide off of their tax returns or their profit and loss statements, but you look at each individual expense to see if it's reasonable, and, and you look to see if it's an accurate projection of their future income. And the final approach is the market approach, and I think that's probably the most fair in most cases, but that's also ripe for dispute, and that's where we need a very experienced expert and that's the type of case that I look to you Todd because with the market approach you're trying to say what is this business really worth if you were to sell the business as a whole as an ongoing concern and Todd you represent people if uh, for purchasing businesses and you represent people for selling them you're not the real estate agent but more importantly you're out there to tell them is this a fair price are you buying a business for a fair price that's the same value I'm looking for and so I like to have somebody like you that represents people buying businesses telling them this is a fair price not because you're going to give me an accurate valuation from that market approach similarly so when when you hear that remember that that every industry has got so when the the second component that Brian brought into it was something something akin to a pro forma where where we're talking about future projections and future success Obviously, if you're the one who wants to get more from the spouse who owns the business, that's going to be very interesting to you and very useful to you. Every business has different valuations and margins, and those margins speak to the amount of money that's available to pay a spouse in a divorce proceeding. Well, everybody looks at those things differently. And then you have to also consider the owner contribution. How much value is the owner? Because if the owner says, screw it, I'll just walk away, and my contribution is so significant to the to the revenue of the business that there'll be nothing here and then and then we'll have nothing to work with and I'll just start another business two years later or a year later so these are all considerations and how to approach it how much is too much and how much is too little these are really really finessed issues that must be handled properly within a divorce that is correct Todd so when we start talking about this market approach what Todd's talking about are are getting down to the correct Multiplier. So when you're looking at the, the market approach, you're often taking, say, revenue, for instance, or more importantly, EBITDA in many cases, and you're taking a multiplier and you're using that multiplier on that EBITDA, the earnings before interest, taxes, and amortization. You're using that figure times a multiplier to arrive at the value of the business. Which represents an income stream. It represents an income stream. But what's included in the EBITDA? Is it last year? Is it other years? What factors are included in that earnings itself? You need to delve deeply into those financial documents to get accurate earnings in the first place, to get an accurate uh, net income. 
And then also, are you going to apply it by the revenue only or are you going to apply it differently? Because like accountants, we were saying, like to apply a factor by the revenue. But even within the same industry, you can have, I'll go at attorney. I'm an attorney. It's easy for me to understand. I can be an attorney and I can do bankruptcy cases. If I do bankruptcy cases, it's one client, it's one and done. Hopefully I won't see that client again. <laughs> now somebody, and if it's just me, I certainly don't have a lot of rapport with clients. Somebody's probably not going to pay for a practice of a bankruptcy attorney when it's a sole pr- practitioner, even if they have very high profit and very high revenue, because nothing's going to come. The new person could start, can develop that on their own. On the other hand, if it's a law firm with many clients and their corporate clients and all of these employees have deep relationships, and when that owner retires, all of the employees and all of those relationships with these longtime corporate clients remain, they're buying something. They're buying an ongoing concern. So that multiplier should be different in those two instances, even when they're in the same industry. They're both attorneys. That is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. So when you when you decide, when you're looking at order contribution, how much do they represent in terms of relationships and the, and the staying power of those clients should they walk away? And that's... Huge. And you, and here's the thing, Brian, we know we can argue that either way. We can argue that oh, either sure. way, can't we? You're going to focus on, on the facts that support your client. Right. <laughs> Let's take another break. We are here with attorney Brian Ho. Aho. He is, we are discussing divorce, the valuations, and how you succeed to the best of your ability in the division of marital assets. Brian, would you do me a favor once again and just give everybody your contact information, should they or anybody they know want to get a hold of you? Sure. The best way is the the website, aholawoffice.com. All right. Very good. We will be right back talking about how you can succeed in divorce. Hello, I'd like to talk with you about financial coaching. Traditional financial planners help you make decisions about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds with money you already have. That's great, but who helps you accumulate more money in the first place? Who helps you make day-by-day life decisions? Who isn't trying to sell you something? Like, should I go back to school? Am I wasting money on insurance? How to purchase and finance a car, boat, home, lake cabin, or investment property? How to start, manage, and sell a business? It's about making minor errors that become colossal mistakes and cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. The problem is that you're so busy pursuing your career that you're forced to make critical financial decisions that have a dramatic long-term effect on your finances without adequate research or information. Rooker Financial Coaching is like having a personal CFO for every decision. Don't waste time lamenting the bad decisions of the past or money that's run through your fingertips. Stop procrastinating. Call Rooker Financial Coaching, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Call me today, Todd Rooker, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Zero, zero. I have trusted attorney Brian Aho for more than 10 years to work closely with me to resolve and eliminate debt for many of my personal and business clients. Aho Law Office is the go-to firm I choose because Brian has always been caring and compassionate with my clients while tenaciously fighting to retain as much of their assets as possible while quickly eliminating their debt. Brian's extensive experience and knowledge of bankruptcy law and willingness to fight allow him to resolve challenges and cases that many attorneys won't. Don't let other attorneys learn on your dime. Rely on the experience of Aho Law Office to help you achieve relief from your creditors. Competent, compassionate legal advocates providing the clarity to protect tomorrow. 
For more information, call Brian and his staff at 612-271-4047 or email Brian directly at brian at aholawoffice.com. Again, that number is 612-271-4047. Fix Auto has been the collision repair leader in the Twin Cities for over 40 years. Hi, I'm Matt Feehan, second generation owner. Our mission at Fix Auto is to provide you with the simplest collision repair experience anywhere. If you're in an accident and you need help, my team is here and ready for you. You can find us on the web at FixAutoUSA.com. That's FixAutoUSA.com. We are Fix Auto, home of the WOW experience. Russell Williams Home Services is your go-to company for all your window cleaning, pressure washing, and gutter cleaning needs. Serving the greater Minneapolis metro area since 2007, we have the tools, equipment, and knowledge to properly care for your home or business. We offer competitive, transparent pricing and free on-site or online consultations. Our large workforce allows us to complete even substantial projects, such as apartments, schools, and assisted living complexes in a timely manner, often in a single day. To see our window cleaning pricing structure and a complete list of services we provide, please visit our website at cleanmywindowsnow.com or reach us by phone at 612-423-3059. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnibo.com. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back, everybody. We are speaking with attorney Brian Ajo about divorce and the different ways that it can go as it relates to your marital assets and how those are divided. Now, there's another point, and I don't want to get too far again into the weeds, but one of the things you have to take into account are things like uh, inheritance, where if an inheritance is kept in a single individual account and is only used by the individual whom inherited the money, even though both of them uh, they're married, but you don't commingle those funds. That person has a much better chance of saying that that money is theirs exclusively, or or if they have a business that is a, a single member LLC as opposed to commingled finances or or t- both partners being fifty fifty in the LLC. But on the one hand. I want asset protection, and in many instances, I might want a business or an LLC to be a single member so that we don't commingle credit financing, banking, and taxes for asset protection purposes. But on the flip side, if we should get divorced, that might be a good argument as to the fact that that asset, they own more of it than the other, and it's not been commingled. Does that come up, Brian? It, it does all the time because non-marital assets remain the owner owner or remain the asset of the original owner so non-marital assets are money or assets that you had before you were married or that you received as inheritance or gifts during the marriage and if you could trace it trace the present value at time of divorce back to when you first obtained it it's non-marital you get to keep it it doesn't count so then What happens if I take my inheritance and I use it to build an addition on the home, which the home's value is now a marital asset, and I'm 10 years down the road, and it's been commingled, and it's a mess? Could that be a problem? 
That is a problem, and I like to use the <laughs> analogy of chocolate milk. You have some chocolate syrup, and you have a glass of milk, and they're both separate, but the minute you put that chocolate syrup in that glass of milk, you can't separate it any longer. That's perfect. That's perfect. So, you know, uh, just to wind up here, Brian, uh, tell me, give me, a, give me a sense of what can go wrong if, if, you, if you don't handle these things right. Well, what I often see are people wanting to save a few dollars and they go online and they obtain the forms and they fill out the forms and they submit the forms and then something goes bad later and they come to me. For instance, I had a client came to me just a couple of months ago and uh, he did it himself and now it's retirement time. And he realizes now that his wife gets half of all of his retirement, but that was never the intention. So he asked me to fix it. So she only gets half of as of the date that they divorced. I said, you can't. You sign this, she signed this, the judge signed this. He said, but that's not what I intended. I know that. You signed this, she signed this, the judge signed it, and it's too late. We cannot change this any longer. She gets half of your pension Ugh. Half as of the day that, that of the comes that comes under that little sign where it says the labor rate was this much more if you tried to do it yourself, right? That's right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So look, you're trying to be thrifty. You're trying to save money. You're trying to file on your own. And by the way, there's something you should also know. A lot of people hire an attorney uh, who will oversee the paperwork when you do it on your own to save money. Well, guess what? An attorney legally can only only represent one person at a time, so you're already at a disadvantage. Brian, thank you so much. Contact information one more time. AhoLawOffice.com, 612-271-4047. Thanks, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. I'd like to talk with you about financial coaching. Traditional financial planners help you make decisions about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds with money you already have. That's great, but who helps you accumulate more money in the first place? Who helps you make day-by-day life decisions? Who isn't trying to sell you something? Like, should I go back to school? Am I wasting money on insurance? How to purchase and finance a car, boat, home, lake cabin, or investment property? How to start, manage, and sell a business? It's about making minor errors that become colossal mistakes and cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. The problem is that you're so busy pursuing your career that you're forced to make critical financial decisions that have a dramatic long-term effect on your finances without adequate research or information. Rooker Financial Coaching is like having a personal CFO for every decision. Don't waste time lamenting the bad decisions of the past or money that's run through your fingertips. Stop procrastinating. Call Rooker Financial Coaching, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Call me today, Todd Rooker, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. This has been a paper program. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the management or ownership of Score North, KSTP AM 1500.